This is a Federal News Network podcast. The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Derek Dorch of the Diversa Group, which is entirely responsible for its content. Welcome to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on Federal News Network. Now your host, Derek T. Dorch. Welcome to Fed Access with Derek T. George on the Federal News Network. Thank you for stopping by the show. Today, we're going to have back some of my favorite people, the people from the counterterrorism group. And today we're going to be talking about because there's been a number of issues going on in the, what we call the, the Northern America area. We're going to be talking about a number of different situations that are going on, everything from threats to law enforcement to possible attacks to law enforcement to uh, what's been happening in terms of uh, hate crimes to always the framework in which the counterterrorism group just published a new report about the telegram called the hard reset. And we're going to go into this report because that's the original reason why I contacted them that I wanted to discuss this report, but so much stuff had happened in between. Then we also had to talk about some other things. We've got Savannah fellow. She's a team leader of the Northcom team uh, for the counterterrorism group. Savannah introduce your team that you've got on the line, which I know you got some two of your analysts with you. Uh, let them introduce themselves or you introduce them and then we can kind of get started and have some good conversation from there. So welcome. Thank you. Uh, so as you mentioned, uh, I'm Savannah Fellows. I'm the Northcom team lead and I will let um, my teammates Rhea and Danielle introduce themselves. I'm Rhea. So as you said, yeah, I'm one of the Northcom analysts. And Rhea, give your full name so they'll know who you are. It's Rhiannon Thomas. <laughs> All right, I'll send it. Rihanna Thomas, and then Daniel, go ahead and talk to us. Yeah, so my name is Daniel Brown. Um, as they mentioned, I am a Northcom analyst as well. I'll send it. So, hey, thank you guys for being on the show. Hey, let's talk about what's been happening right now. It seems like the, the world in terms of what's happening in the U.S. is kind of going crazy right now. Uh, at one point in time, you would never, ever uh, see a threat against like FBI agents or law enforcement agents, but now it seems like the world has gone upside down and people don't seem to really care if you are law enforcement or not. They'll kind of threaten you and, and maybe even come after you. What's happening in terms of uh, uh, this scenario where federal law enforcement agencies are under attack right now? Well, we know that um, a lot of the, the pressure and the threats um, came after the recent Mar-a-Lago search uh, on former presidents, on former President Trump's um, residence in Florida. A lot of people got upset by this, and uh, you could see on lots of encrypted channels that these these agents, even like people who signed signed the the warrant to search his home, uh, stuff like that, they're all being like targeted. Their their images of them are being leaked. Their family social media accounts are being leaked. Um, it's just like this rapid increase that we've seen in targeting uh, federal agents uh, and their families since since this FBI search. Yeah, just to piggyback off of what she said, I think um, what we're seeing is a direct correlation of what was happening during his presidency um, surrounding his jargon and his um, his his message to his um, his constituents. Um, a lot of them um, are definitely still supporting him in this current state, so. Um, they're they're targeting those who are now targeting him, um, which is the, obviously the FBI and um, law enforcement. And this is a huge issue. So, yeah, just again to like pick you off the back of that, um, they're now looking at potentially releasing the affidavit that sort of led to the search of his home and looking at how much of that should be redacted or unredacted. 
Um, and I believe I saw earlier Trump is saying that like the American people should be able to see it unredacted. And um, there are concerns that similar events will follow that that happened from after the warrant was released. So that's sort of a ongoing development as well that um, we're having to sort of have a look at. You know, you both three of you just mentioned uh, several things I want to dive into a little bit deeper. In the framework of, uh, I think, Savannah, you talked about the, the framework of uh, these agents' um, names are out there and people are, you know, using, uh, I guess, social media and other tools to kind of find out who they are and they're, and they're trying to find out, you know, who their family members are. How deep is that threat? Like, how much information are they getting about these agents? Are, are they getting you know, uh, 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 information about their children? Are they getting, how much information are they getting about these agents that, and, and is this threat based on your analysis and based on your assessment, is this threat to this agents, are, is this a real threat? Should they be concerned that somebody may come after them or their family? It's a very, very real, very, very, very serious threat. I mean, uh, these people have listed the the locations where where these agents' children go to school. So not only are these agents being targeted, but they have, um, like I said, they have the family social media accounts. Um, they I haven't seen much as far as like links put directly on Telegram. Probably out of not links, but the direct addresses. Probably out of fear that. Um, the account will be taken down or something like that. Um, but there has been links to where you can find their addresses through third-party apps. Um, so like looking it up online uh, on another app or another link, they will link their how you can find their address there. And it's just like not the fact that they're targeting, in, in addition to the FBI agents, their families and stuff, that makes it just like, it kind of like creates the vulnerability and the 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 threat scenario of the situation because it's not just um i mean like if you're going to target someone if you're going to hurt someone like yeah you can target them directly but if you hurt the people that 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 they care about that they love that's kind of like a whole nother level there yeah that that that, that's that's some stuff that we were always watching in the mob movies and everything else where someone we're going to take your family out or whatever the case is which i think you know, probably, you know, and I, I don't necessarily know if it's going to affect it or impact the, the job these guys are doing because they're sworn to do a job. But I'm probably sure it does have some level of impact in terms of how you go about doing things. Savannah, would you recommend these days for law enforcement um, officers, um, whether it be federal, state, local, should they, to, should they begin to reassess um, their social media presence? Because it seems as if this is not going to go away. It seems as if this is going to be the new trend of people now beginning to dox or uh, pull out information about law enforcement officers who they think are now targeting them, right? The law enforcement people are now the enemy of the state. Do law enforcement officers and officials or even judges, this? do people need to rethink their social media presence? Uh, absolutely. I mean, People put out little clues on their social media that they may not even like be aware of. That's actually kind of like um, a hint for when someone could attack. For instance, uh, someone can put up their own vacation or something um, somewhere, and so now they know where they are, or mm-hmm. that they're not home, and maybe a family member's home that they can target. Something like that. And even even family social media, like they have, they now have to be extra extra ca- careful and cautious of that, considering that their names are now being targeted as well. 
without question. Hey, Daniel, you talked about the jargon and, and the rhetoric that, that, that Trump is kind of talking about. It, it sounds as if, and, and tell me from your analysis, is his rhetoric concerning? And is it almost at a point that he has weaponized his words and his followers are now kind of almost weaponized to do, um, I don't know if it's necessarily say his bidding, but they're weaponized to go after those who um, uh, he has identified as enemies of him. Would you say that's the case? Absolutely. Um, I think just from the uh, start of what's been going on, um, you have immediately seen Trump um, talk about the government, the FBI targeting him. Not to mention, you've seen the backlash from his rhetoric so far with online rhetoric circulating uh, with his fans online stating that, um, you know, they, they need to defend him. Uh, you've seen things surrounding civil war. Um, you've also seen certain protests at FBI um, buildings, certain attacks on FBI buildings um, since this incident. Not to mention, when I look at things, also consider the financial um, impact of this. Uh, since we, he's been raided, there's been um, a major uptick in his fundraising as well. Um, so, you know, this is all benefiting him just based off of what he's saying to his people. Um, and then just to, you know, go back with what's going on with the FBI, his lawyer actually encouraged the information from the FBI um, agents to be released. So there's just certain things that's going on right now um, that's coming from his camp that's um, essentially going against um, what we've seen in the past from different presidents or different ex-presidents. Um, and, and I think it is surrounding him and, and the impact that he has to his constituents and his people. Without question. Reed, you know, with this with this new release of information and, and kind of the uh, the framework and where, you know, I know they've been in court trying to get certain documents released and this, that, and the other. Um, do you anticipate that they're, depending on the amount of information that's released, are you concerned that there may be some other either threats or some other attacks that may be looming based on what's coming out from either the affidavit, the search uh, uh, documents, or what comes from certain things next is the, is the, the, the nature of the people talking where just Daniel just mentioned, they're talking about civil war. They're talking about, you know, uh, uh, attacking certain things. Is there a concern Reed, that, um, you know, there's going to be an uptick and in, in, in possible attacks or, or, or other threats going on? Yeah, we're definitely, attacks are definitely a concern. So one of the big things with if the affidavit is released and if it is released unredacted, that's going to include a lot of information about the invested, investigative steps that were taken prior to the search that was conducted. Um, so this can include information to do with like the police officers that were involved, who was doing the investigations, but it might also include information on like witnesses. So that's a whole extra pool of people who could be attached. That's their families that could be attached. And these might be people who have not been concerned about this before. So thinking back to what I was saying about um, social media presences and um, family members and their accounts, um, a whole group of people are possibly going to have to be reevaluating things like their social media presence and what they're sharing, their settings and everything like that. So we're definitely concerned about tats because there's a whole group of people now that could be targeted. Um, also, as a sort of side thing of that, it might scare any other witnesses from coming forward. People might sort of redact statements that they've made and it could really 
hinder an investigation that's going on as well. So there's a lot of things that could come off of it, this that is quite concerning. Of course, it's unknown at the moment because it's not being released. We don't know how much could be released, but it's concerning that it could be. Um, and sort of linking to sort of what I was saying with Daniel with um, Trump kind of pushing for it being released and unredacted. Um, you can't help but hear that and kind of think back to the other things that he's pushed for where people have acted on what he's said. Um, so other people are also going to call for it to be released in that way. And it's concerning if it is released. Yeah. What is going to be done with that information um, and how many people that it's going it will impact? Rhea, just to also mention one thing, um, a fear of mine is uh, them releasing the affidavit and uh, people possibly identifying possible missteps in the FBI's investigation. Um, you know, the backlash from that could be extremely heavy, too, if there is any possible missteps that they may have taken while investigating um, Trump's um, Mar-a-Lago uh, location. And again, a fear of mine is that and we all know what could possibly happen with that. I want to come back. Let me, we got to take a quick break. I want to come back to both of your points and we'll dive right into that when we come back. But I do want to talk about if there are, as you mentioned, some concerns where, you know, some people may identify, well, maybe the FBI didn't handle this the right way, this, that, and the other. One, it seems that there's an erosion of trust in, in law enforcement agencies across the board from people who used to claim that they trusted law enforcement, you know, they backed the blue, this, that, and the other that's going to spin things into a whole different cycle. But as you just kind of mentioned, uh, uh, that scenario will probably create a different fervor in terms of uh, how people respond or react. And, and I want to talk about that. But I also want to dive into uh, uh, what we're hearing about the IRS, because many people have been talking about the IRS is coming for you and this, that, and the other. And I want to talk about what we're seeing about with that law, with that federal agency and people being concerned that IRS law enforcement agents are going to come down and, and break your door down in order to get your money or, or take certain things from you. We're talking to the NORTHCOM team from the counterterrorism group. We're talking about what's going on in the North America region in terms of the wide number of threats that are happening right now. We're talking to Savannah, Daniel, and Reed. And, 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 and we're talking to them about what's going on. We got to take a quick break, but we'll continue this great conversation. It's interesting and very, very important conversation when we come back. Listen to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch from the Federal News Network. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on Federal News Network. If you're just joining us, we've been having an interesting conversation about what's going on with uh, threats and, and terrorism and attacks and concerns in the U.S. and the North American region. We're talking to the North American team, the NORTHCOM team of the counterterrorism group. We're talking to Savannah and Daniel and Reed. And I will talk, you know, they've introduced themselves. I'll let them reintroduce themselves towards the end. But I just want to kind of kick right back into what we were discussing on the previous segment. We were talking about what's been going on with the Trump situation, with the Mar-a-Lago situation, uh, with the uh, threats to the FBI uh, threats to different agents and the judges and this, that, and the other. And what seems to be the team's concern, the uh, the NORTHCOM team concern, that this is not going anywhere and this could lead to something uh, even uh, uh, possibly uh, more concerning in terms of either a threat or attack in the future. Daniel, you were mentioning that you had a concern based on your analysis that if the affidavit does come out, that and if something is noticed by somebody that, 
maybe there were some missteps or some uh, things that were not done correctly, that you had some concerns about some backlash about that. Talk to us about, more about that right there. Yeah, uh, when I look at the impact of the investigation um, or the, the warrant search um, versus um, what we actually find on the affidavit, um, if the claims that the FBI stated, um, the reasons why they wanted to search the Mar-a-Lago um, property aren't 100% true, there's going to be gaps that can be possibly identified um, within the affidavit that'll um, prove Trump's point. Um, with that being said, there could create some sort of divide within um, how the citizens or how civilians view the FBI. Um, they can uh, possibly compare them or separate them from how they view other local law enforcement that um, they may support more. Um, and the issue with that is losing trust within your government as well and how your government um, processes things. Um, with Trump and his um, followers, I think it's also an issue because if Trump gets what he wants and everything is publicly shown, there's also been claims that Trump wants to also release the surveillance videos and the footage of the FBI search. Um, if that is to happen as well, you have his supporters who are not just going to protest, but they're going to be able to identify those who wrongfully, in their eyes, or allegedly wrongfully, um, you know, claimed or searched his property. And um, again, this just goes into multiple issues uh, within <laughs> within everything. I, I just took a whole yeah. lot to explain. Yeah, without question. Rihanna, uh, chime in on that. I know you have some other comments on that as well. Yeah, so one of the things where um, Trump has said that people should be able to see this affidavit is, um, yeah, one of the reasons that potentially they're looking for this is because, you know, the lawyers are doing their job. They don't want him to be um, charged with something he's potentially not done. Um, but also, and, you know, yeah, they want to, like, sort of poke holes in the investigation if they can sort of get him off of anything. Um, and potentially, there is a chance, you know, we've seen it done previously in multiple instances where people have tried to change the rhetoric and claim that they've been sort of a victim of the police and things like that. And if a rhetoric like that, does come around that's very concerning because again that could push people to conduct attacks um which is sort of linking back to the stuff we've said before but also all of this could very much um be very much to try and like sort of rile up supporters for trump you know we've heard of him potentially running again for the presidency and things like that um and of course another concern while um daniel was speaking that occurred to me is things like conspiracy theories um, going around. So if, you know, the affidavit is released, if surveillance footage is released, we've seen it happen before when we have images and footage and things like this, where things are sort of twisted and taken out of context and conspiracy theories spiral. So linking again to what I was saying before, there's a concern that potentially something could be spotted, whether it's sort of real or twisted, manipulated even, um, and that could lead to attacks as well. And Reed, speaking of conspiracy theories, it, it seems as if, um, uh, from what I've been reading, you know, we had the new bill just passed, uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, and in you know, in some of these bills, there's a, a been a framework about a hiring of new IRS agents, and it seems that it's being spun by a number of different people. And Savannah, I want you to speak to this: that there's being spun. Um, the IRS is going to hire um, these uh, uh, agents who are going to, you know, drop down at the sky and bust into your door and this, that, and the other. One, is there any truth to that? And then two, what are we seeing that the rhetoric is saying and, and why is it concerning 
in terms of uh, uh, what's going on right now? What are we seeing that people are talking about? It's really brought up the like conspiracy theories, and I feel like this is definitely a good example of one. I mean, there's people on these channels that are saying they're literally forming death squads um, because they posted a job posting for 87,000 new agents, I believe was the number. And then um, they're increasing funding. I believe it was a, uh, giving the agency around $80 billion, uh, to go after those who like aren't following the tax code, stuff like that. It's being referred to as the shadow army, so to say. Um, but that's kind of like the whole conspiracy th- bit behind it, where it's not really realistic. Uh, it goes against Americans' rights. They're, like they can't. Like it's just not feasible. It doesn't. It, it doesn't make sense. Like the way they're making it, they're making it out to be, and it's just getting like these people riled up even more and more. Kind of pushing their their conspiracy, their message that the IRS is like this army that's going to come out and um, you know like attack citizens basically um but it's definitely at least in my opinion it's a tactic of propaganda uh to try and get those people um to to align to get riled up maybe even start like going back to the civil war that postings that danielle mentioned um you know how these people are seeking to start civil war a revolution uh how it has to happen and this kind of just feels that do you think and, and just based off of your assessment do you think there is a threat to um, either, and a lot of these people are not going to be like, you know, gun-toting agents. I mean, they're talking about hiring a bunch of customer service people from the IRS, this, that, and the other. But do you think that the IRS is a possible, well, the IRS is in a possible vulnerable situation where um, people could uh, uh, begin to uh, ramp up this rhetoric and someone could begin to get the idea and start to take action where they may come in and try to either attack somebody from the IRS or maybe attack an IRS office or something like that. Are your concerns on that level from what you're seeing? Uh, I would say there's definitely a concern. I haven't seen as many direct threats as we have for like FBI agents and stuff like that. Um, but then again, these agents they and um, like the judges and stuff, they had their names just publicly released. Uh, and obviously there's there's thousands of IRS employees, um, so it's going to be a little harder to find in terms of that. But they definitely are in a more vulnerable position than they originally were due to the conspiracy theories. And like there's a lot of people that are following these, uh, even if you're not specifically a hardcore follower. Like, you can still go on social media and view what's going on and you might be like, oh, I never really thought of it that way. So there's definitely that that increased threat level. And then I also feel like there's, like, an increased threat level, not even just for the IRS, but overall, like, this is kind of, like, the prime time for, like, far-right extremists or, or anybody tar- wanting to target the IRS, the FBI agents, uh, anybody like that. This is kind of, like, your prime time to attack because this is what's going to get them, like, their attention, their their fame. You know, we hear about, like, these, these, these people worshipping attackers as saints and stuff like that. If in such a divided time, people are if people attack, they're going to be noticed and that might encourage them to even further target their attacks against the IRS or the FBI or whomever else they, they deem that they want to attack. So a question, Daniel, I'm going to come to you because you mentioned about, you know, rhetoric and jargon before I know, I'm, you know, I've been seeing a number of, of political leaders, right. Um, on, you know, who are 
siding on a certain you know party. I won't talk about the party, but I've seen certain political leaders begin to use uh, this narrative um, as it relates that, hey, the IRS is coming for you, right? And now, it, to me, it seems the IRS is just trying to do their job and they're trying to you know, collect what's owed in order for America to run. But it seems that this, this rhetoric is becoming a lot more of, and I think as Savannah was saying, a lot more of a tool that they're using uh, to get attention. And, and that tool could then rile up somebody else who's not thinking correctly and then do something right there. How concerned are you about the rhetoric right now? And does it need to be toned down? Yes, it needs to be toned down uh, because they are misinforming the population. Um, and I think that's the most obvious thing for me when I see this. Um, from what you just stated, um, it is important for the people to do their own um, their, their own um, their own investigation. It's important for them to do their own research when it comes to uh, the IRS appropriations for this bill. Um, when I hear um, a leader, a political leader, pushing the fact that the IRS is going to start to come after them more, I um, also think about some of the things that Savannah just said as well. Um, we may not see a direct attack on the IRS um, the way that we've seen, like, you know, with attacking physically or, or building, but what we will see is a protest for paying taxes. Um, you know, you'll see more people elect not to pay taxes in their um and, you know, when they're getting paid for payroll, you'll see more people uh, choose to use cash um, at, at certain places and go without paying taxes, which is going to have a huge effect on not just the individual, but also businesses and the government. Um, what I will also mention as well is um, back to what I said, do your research. Um, the IRS needs to advance with the technology that we're having with so many different ways of um, of, of how currency is getting translated and passed along. Um, a lot of these employees may that are being hired may be um, for investigative reasons, but it also may be for the growth of being able to be aware of how to um, tax cryptocurrency and other items that um, we haven't been able to, um, we haven't been exposed to within the last few years. Um, well, until the last few years rather. So um, information is large for me. And I think that um, as a leader, um, they should definitely sit back and, and, and give the proper information instead of just propaganda. Without question. Hey, when we come back, I, I got to take a quick break. When we come back, I, I, the, the reason that I first contacted your team was because you put out this flash alert that I want to talk about called uh, uh, about the telegram and the hard reset. And I want to go into what was being talked about because it was some very, very um, disturbing and important things that I, need, I think needs to be addressed um, about this alert you put out. Um, I know it went out to uh, a government and law enforcement agencies and this, that, and the other, but it seems as if there are certain groups that are, that are very much so ramping up uh, uh, and, and, and really kind of talking about uh, what they may do uh, to either law enforcement, to government, or this, that, and the other. So I want to talk about the hard reset in the telegram when we come back. I'm talking to the counterterrorism group. I'm talking to the NORTHCOM team. They cover the North America region and cover all the threats and the various uh, uh, concerns and attacks that happen in North America. We're talking about the various threats that are happening right now, uh, whether it be what's going on, uh, threats against law enforcement, uh, threats against government agencies, um, uh, what are other uh, uh, maybe extremist organizations or people who are become radicalized, I would say, are talking about kind of going on right now and really what seems to be a high level 
of, 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 of what I would probably say a high uh, threat level in the country right now, in the United States, uh, that there could be an attack. We've seen attacks from the FBI and everything else. So we're talking to the team. We're talking to Savannah, Daniel, and Reed right now about these threats. We're going to take a quick break, and we come back. We're going to talk about the telegram when we come back. Listen to Fed Access with Derek T. Dortch on the Federal News Network. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Fed Access with Derek T. Dortch on the Federal News Network. If you're just joining us, we have been talking about terrorism. Got one of my favorite groups on the line, the counterterrorism group, and they have been discussing with us uh, uh, what's been happening going on in the air, in, in the, United, the United States, in the North America region. A number of things happened with the Trump situation, Mar-a-Lago, threats against FBI agents. Some people talking about uh, the shadow army for the IRS and people being uh, using propaganda to talk about them, and there may be a threat against them. All these different things right here going on. I want to talk to uh, uh, the Northcom team. I've got Savannah, Daniel, and Reed on the line. I want to talk to them about alert they put out in July. It was a thing called the Hard Reset, uh, a publication, a telegram. We put out a flash alert about the telegram publication. Talk to me about what was this uh, publication and why did you feel like you had to put out a flash alert about the high risk of violence because of the publication? Savannah, you and the team talked to me about what was going on. So when we wrote the splash alert, it was right before the uh, telegram actually came out because we knew it was just going to have that significant of an impact because they were having a lot of of propaganda ads coming out showing um, kind of violent images and kind of having almost, as bad as I to say, almost like um, it was like they were designed specifically to grab your attention and kind of like make you want to do this. Um, and, and Savannah, and, let me interject real quick. For for people who don't know, because I, I don't think most people know, what is the telegram? I mean, what is this? What is this thing about? Who who and who's who is putting this information out? Who is who is the people who are publishing this? Yeah, this is very important to monitor because, as she mentioned, um, we believe that this gives information to white supremacists who would like to target the U.S. government and target minorities. Um, not to mention, what they're looking to do is radicalize individuals and other groups that um, are more likely to be more violent towards these agencies, um, such as the law enforcement um, and any sort of general public. Um, and I think it's, it's really, um, from what I saw from this document, um, the biggest issues um, is the fact that this is translatable to all types of people, all types of individuals. And uh, it's quite frightening to even realize what this could even cover, um, just reading through it. You know, you know, it, it reminds me, if you remember the days when we used to talk about the Al-Qaeda training manual and, and, and Inspire and, and all the different publications that came out from Al-Qaeda, now we're seeing um, a, a, a neo-Nazi and white nationalist groups almost create similar documentation that is, is now kind of like a training guide to uh, uh, tell uh, uh, people how to take uh, a violent action against government or minorities and this, that, and the other? Is that what we're seeing right now? Yes. And also what I was going to say is it's also deep, it's given a deeper dive into how to understand human behavior and um, how to control certain conditions as an individual. Um, There's a lot of rhetoric within the document that um, not just instills pride within an individual, but it gives you a specific point of view of how you can affect your day-to-day life um, in the way that you would, essentially how you can give back to your overall cause of um, white supremacy. 
you know, I, I was reading through the report and, and you mentioned some things that were very, very disturbing that there was a heavy emphasis. And Rhea, I wanted to chime in on this, that these heavy emphasis on words like kill, 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 or stop talking, start killing. Um, it almost like they're trying to uh, uh, get people from a moment of, you know, rather than talking about it on these, um, you know, uh, on these chat rooms or other areas that they may be on, um, they want people to say, hey, we want you to start taking action right now. Is that the framework? Is is this an action-oriented document? Or is, is this to inspire somebody to get up and, and, and try to go get a gun or, or do or use whatever they have in order to start doing attacks right now? Yeah, we do think so. So one of the things that is quite concerning, um, amongst other things, with this document is the fact that it is huge. Um, the breadth of everything that it is covering. So one of the things that we've seen is we think it's encouraging sort of lone wolf attacks and it's encouraging people from sort of different walks of life almost to, and in different situations, to conduct an attack. So it's very much, it goes from um, suggesting very almost small things that people can do to kind of cause like in more of a inconvenience in almost like their workplace in a certain industry that could potentially go unnoticed to full-scale attacks you're talking you know someone setting off a bomb on railways and in agriculture and power lines and um cell phone towers so something that we've definitely seen is we definitely think yes it is trying to encourage people to conduct an attack and it's almost tailored to everyone in a way people in different circumstances where it's kind of going okay yeah you might not be able to do this big attack but here's little things that you can do every day that will have an impact so that's definitely concerning and yeah as you're saying um the language used in it is also concerning and although we think it's very much encouraging people to attack it is also reinforcing a rhetoric that we've seen in previous publications. So there's a lot of language like our people and the sense of sort of an in-group and an out-group. And it's very much almost increasing and it reads as if it's trying to increase the divide between two groups. So whether that's sort of the reader and, as Daniel saying was saying, um, certain minority communities, um, almost like the people and the government, um, the language that we're seeing is very concerning and it's yeah definitely sort of encouraging a rhetoric and encouraging people to conduct an attack um and yeah the breadth of the document is definitely a concern for us wow you know in in this framework and savannah i I know we were talking me and you were talking at some point in time and we were talking about um the threats against uh, people of color you know uh, minority groups this then i know you mentioned it in the report that um there are concerns especially after the buffalo shooting um, their concerns that um, there may be attacks against certain communities, uh, African-American, Asian, Latino, uh, community citizen, religious centers, this, that, and the other kind of going forward. Based off of what we're seeing, I know we've had some recent um, hate crimes or uh, uh, hate-inspired attacks. Um, are we concerned that, that is go- there may be an uptick or, or that there may be people who are um, looking to do these kind of attacks against these communities kind of going forward? I think the the uptick has really been there, especially since the Buffalo mass shooting, uh, when that, that particular shooter wrote his very uh, detailed and long manifesto. And people were, were reading it, and it was circulating online. And I think 
starting back th- back when that occurred, um, there has been an uptick, and then this just kind of like encourages people to act even more, and even in more, um, not really bizarre ways, but like ways that we wouldn't really expect, like um, targeting more critical infrastructure things, like power grids and stuff like that. It's very very concerning, and it can target um, the minorities we we're talking about, like we said. Um, especially since the recent the recent shootings um, with Buffalo and Uvalde, and and that. Um, but I think, like Rhea and Daniel mentioned, it also is targeting law enforcement and everybody else. So, on personally, my fear is that it's not going to be a matter of if, but when the next type of like Timothy McVeigh. Um, bombing could occur because this kind of encourages that behavior, even if it's not necessarily targeting a minority community, which it could be too. Um, it's just like anyone who they see as replacing um, the white race and the government, they see as enabling that. So really, these are all um, targets that this telegram is kind of encouraging people to attack. You know, you you mentioned something. I want all of you to chime in on this real quick before we go to the next break. But you mentioned something about this sainthood dynamic, and 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 it kind of it really kind of caught me, um, you know, in terms of uh, this framework that these people believe that they're saints. Um, talk, you know, and they're and they're kind of idolizing each other, and they kind of feel like you know we're um, you know doing something that's right. You know, we're doing something that is. Um, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if this is correct, but you know, sainthood means that you're doing something that's holy or righteous. Um, what is the framework for them in terms of this whole dynamic of sainthood? Um, I'll let Rhea and Danielle um, explain a little bit more, but based on what um, we had found, the the sainthood, they have like a certain criteria. And obviously like one of these is like, you have to be of, of white race. Um, you have to you know, be conducting a deliberate attack, having having a, the proper motive, stuff like that, um, which is why, like I said earlier, these, um, this whole like replacement thing is kind of like the motive um, behind a lot of attacks because these people, they have this motive and then they, they attack and now they'll have like this attention and this fame and you have to have, as bad as it says, as bad as it is to say, they say you basically have to have um, like a, like a, they refer to it as a kill score. Um, so you have to meet like these standards and criteria, and then you kind of get you kind of get idolized from other idolized as a mass shooter as an attacker, and you're kind of like you, I guess you get you get your fame and your a day on a calendar um, to celebrate your attack basically. That's very, very concerning. Hey, but pray before you guys jump in, before Daniel and Reed jump in, I want I want to just take a real, real quick break, right quick. And then when we come back, I want you to both jump in about this whole sainthood dynamic and what the concern. I mean, that's very uh, disturbing that you know people have begun to, you know, use this framework in terms of the criteria. And, you know, which also means that people are gonna try to meet this criteria. Savannah, you just said something very like alarming that we may be looking at, and it, and it kind of reminds me of just what happened recently uh, near the Capitol where someone, you know, drove up and lit their car on fire and then uh, uh, the car blew up and then they killed, you know, they also killed themselves. Right. So we don't necessarily know what is going to be the next, you know, a way that someone's going to perpetrate an attack against somebody, but it seems as if it's almost an unlimited process in which people are thinking about how they can cause harm. 
I want to take a real quick break, but when we come back, I want to dive into this sainthood thing. And if we have a little bit of time, I want to just hear about what you guys are covering next because it's like it's an endless number of threats that are going on. This is the Fed Access with uh, Derek T. Dorch on the Federal News Network. We're talking to the counterterrorism group. We're talking to Savannah, uh, Daniel, and Ree from the Northcom team. They're uh, intel analysts who are covering all these different threats and these different concerns and these different attacks. They're giving us some perspective about what's going on and what we should be prepared for and what we should be looking for to possibly stop any kind of attacker in the future. But we're talking about this. We're going to take a real quick break, and we'll be right back. Listen to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on the Federal News Network. Welcome back to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on the Federal News Network. If you're just joining us, we've been talking about uh, some important topics, some important topics about terrorism, about the domestic terrorist situation in North America and the United States right now, a number of things that are going on, threats against law enforcement, threats against government agencies, uh, 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 neo-Nazi and white nationalist groups putting out a major publication uh, really trying to provoke people or inspire people to begin attacking. They're talking about stop talking and, and, and start killing. Um, you know, a lot of different things that we need to be concerned about and paying attention to right now. We've got the people from the counterterrorism group uh, on the line right now. We're talking to uh, Savannah, Daniel, and Ree from the counterterrorism group, and they're giving us some perspective. And we were talking about before the break, we were talking about this whole, whole perspective about sainthood and talking about how they're uh, trying to inspire people who maybe want some attention um, to get sainthood. And this whole perspective that they have to meet a criteria to get the sainthood in order to, uh, and they have to be like a mass shooter who does this, that, and the other in order to achieve sainthood. Daniel Reed, talk to us more about what this framework is and, and, and what they're trying to inspire. Some of the, we're seeing some of the language used and say this one specifically about the idea that if you are part of the community and the ideology, like fine, but unless you commit an attack, you are weak, um, which is sort of a language that's going to encourage people to conduct an attack in itself. But as Savannah was saying, like there's almost a criteria to achieve actual sort of sainthood. And these are things as you're saying about sort of kill scores and things like that, which is encouraging these people who are reading this and influenced by it to conduct a bigger attack. So although that's sort of in contrast to what I was saying earlier about this publication, sort of almost catering to anyone who might want to commit an attack, the idea of sainthood and some of the language used is pushing people to commit that bigger attack, the one that's going to kill more people, have a bigger impact. So that is something that we've seen in a couple of publications as well, similar sort of use of language and the idea of sainthood. Um, and it is a concerning idea that there are people who are reading this and they are worshipping these people. As Savannah said, like the, the idea of having a day that is sort of celebrated because of this big attack that happened. And, and and from what I understand, they they um they begin to put out like calendars, and they have this whole community where they have their faces up, and they have the uh, 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 information about their attack and how they did it, and they uh, are almost like a birthday or some kind of day of like a holiday or something. They celebrate certain days of attacks. Is that correct? Yeah, we've seen um, some of those sort of yeah sort of circulate around on alt tech sites, um, and that's something that again is quite concerning because. People who potentially are newer to the ideology and the group almost, who might not necessarily know as much about some of these attacks for whatever reason, are going to be 
they're going to be learning about it. They're going to be, and each year people are being reminded about it. So it's almost, again, encouraging, reminding people, pushing people again to conduct attacks, reminding people almost like what they can have if they commit an attack and a bigger attack. And it's also concerning because a lot of times they share reshare details about the attack as well so it's almost resharing methods and ideas of how other people conduct attacks there's quite a few things off of the back of that that are quite concerning without question daniel is this done are are we going to see you know more publications are they talking about hey you know al-qaeda used to put out like you know publications all the time they put out uh, different inspires you know they have them out either quarterly or whatever the time frame is this going to be a one and done or is this going to be more publications coming yeah, there will be. Um, I consider this a living document. Um, you know, the more things happen, the more, um, you know, things will be added to this document. Um, we're still in the, that environment where terrorist attacks and um, certain attacks towards certain people are very imminent. Um, so, you know, the more situations that arise, the more we will see um, things added to this. Um, I, I wanted to also mention the sainthood aspect of things and how it could be compared to what we viewed in the past as holy wars, um, how they glorified the killings within a war um, based off of religion. But what we're seeing is white supremacy becoming a major belief across the board for these individuals who truly believe in this. So the more that white supremacy grows, um, the more we will see this document, um, you know, grow as well. It's, it's, it'll be from 261 or uh, 250 plus pages to 300 before we even know it. There may not necessarily be an expansion of the document itself, but there is going to be new new publications coming out. They do have advertisements coming out for um, a recent publication called The List. They have, speaking of sainthood, they have um, a publication they're planning to make called The Saint Encyclopedia. So basically, they're going to have a handbook about these saints. Mm. Um, and then like a whole nother, like basically terror guide. So uh, it's just going to keep on continuing. You know, Savannah, what is the, and just based on on what you and your team has been looking at, is there a large following of people who are looking at this material? I mean, are we talking about hundreds of people? Is it a small group? Are we talking about thousands of people around uh, the North? And and has it gone, what I would probably say, has it gone international? Is it just uh, uh, focused on the U.S., but is it also spreading to other areas? Um, I would say that we don't know exactly the backgrounds of these authors, especially because they are using like their code names and they use very like encrypted um, messaging and stuff like that. So we don't really know like if they're based in the U.S., but the way that it's on the media sites can be reached internationally. So it can um, people can see it anywhere. And a lot of accounts, some have been taken down with it. But a lot of accounts that do have it posted have not reshared it out of fear of it being taken down. So they've actually started to do screenshots of single pages of the document. For instance, there's a page on how to make a dirty bomb, um, how to d- conduct a specific attack. And they're sharing these little images to avoid being taken down. And it's recirculating um, from the original publication date on these um, sites and now it's gathering more attention um, once again and kind of making it almost easier for people who don't really want to read the, the long document. Now they have this single page guide on how to conduct a terror attack. Wow. Wow. You know, hey, we got we got about two minutes left real quick. 
what this is all concerning and something we got to stay abreast. What are you what are you and your team looking at uh, in terms of what other uh, things that we should be concerned about in the upcoming weeks or months? What are you seeing right now? What should we be following? So um, recently we've seen, obviously, the attack on Salman Rushdie. Um, he was the person who wrote the Satanic Verses, very controversial figure. And then obviously the assassination plot on John Bolton. Um, and there's a lot of conflict with these and Iran and Iran state media supporting these types of, of acts. Um, and then we're also monitoring a lot of violent activity in Mexico, especially relating to cartels. Um, there has recently been a lot of shootouts, a lot of burning of vehicles, buildings, um, a lot of damage being caused. A lot of journalists are being targeted still, and it just keeps continuing to rise from what we've been monitoring. Wow. It's, it, it's never stopping. I'm, I'm going to definitely have to have you back, uh, you and your team, uh, back to uh, talk about these issues. Savannah, Daniel, Reed. Thank you for providing some insight today on all these critical things. You can find uh, uh, these reports. You can find a telegram report on a counterterrorism's website, counterterrorismgroup.com. You can find that report. Um, very, very interesting, but very, very disturbing and concerning read. We all need to be aware of this stuff in order to uh, work to prevent it going forward without question. I want to thank you guys for being on Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch. I appreciate you. And we'll be back with another show next week, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you, everybody. You've been listening to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on Federal News Network. Tune in Monday afternoons at 1 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. 